0: Praise God. And again, it's just good to see all of you here in the house of God. We have a good number of guests. Remember our service tonight at 6 o'clock. We will be showing our Christmas for Christ film strip. It's always a very interesting one. And then, of course, taking our pledges. Our offering will be taken December 17th, I think it is. Now, if the 17th not on Sunday, it's the to Sunday, the closest to the 17th. <laughs> All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 27, and then we will turn to Psalm 63. And I'm so sorry that Brother Manley is sick this morning. I, I want to give you a prayer request. Brother Manley has arthritis throughout his body, and he has not been able to sleep for about three weeks. A lot of pain. And uh, truthfully, I think today that the lack of rest has just kind of overtaken him. And you need to pray for him because this is a very serious condition that he has. If you'll notice when he preaches a lot, you'll see him doing like this or he'll be doing like this. It's because he has a lot of pain. And it's just, uh, it's just unbearable at times. So you really do need to pray for Brother Manley. He's a great man of God. And, of course, our personal friend. Psalm 27, verse 4 through verse 6. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me, he shall set me up on a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And then we go to Psalm 63. Psalm number 63, verse 1. 2 and 3, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee, my soul thirsteth for Thee, my flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see the power and Thy glory, so as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary, because Thy lovingkindness is better than life, my lips shall praise Thee. Praise God. And you may be seated. And what I want to do this morning, I want to speak on the subject, the value of one church service. Now, this is a very, very simple title. It doesn't have any little catchy anything in it. It's just a simple, simple title. And this message, I trust, will be a blessing to all. Now whenever I say the value of one church service, some people, when they hear statements like that, they automatically think that one service may be more important than another, or perhaps one service is all that you ever need. And that is certainly not what I am saying. But I am sure that if you reflected today, you would pick out one or two services, that you have been in in your lifetime, that uh, was just phenomenal, just fantastic, just above all others. I remember one church service we had on our in, when we were in our old building over in Milwaukee, in which the power of the Lord came down, the Spirit of God rested upon some of our young people, more specifically some of our young men. I remember my son Roy and Ray Hughes. Ray, raise your hand if you would. And I think uh, Keith Gilliam. I'm not for sure who else, but these people just became lost in the Spirit. I mean really lost in the Spirit. God just came down in such a great way, and they began to receive an infilling, As well as I can remember, Ray had not been attending church very regularly. And he came in that night, and he prayed through. And I remember while Ray was speaking in tongues, and he could not speak English, he went back out to his car, and he brought in a sack of marijuana and insisted that I take it. Well, I needed marijuana as badly as he needed it, you know. But... Here, he's given me this, and he can't even speak English. And he continues to speak with other tongues. And whenever I say continues, now these, these men, at the time, I think they were probably boys, 17, maybe 16, but they, they, they spoke in tongues literally for hours. In fact, uh, we all went after church over to Mark's Big Boy, and that's uh, when it was over close to Gardner's, or when it was, was uh, that was their location when they closed up. They're not here in Madison anymore, but they were over close to Gardner's. I think there's a video place in there now. They tore the building down. But we went over there, and these young men could not even speak English. And uh, they ordered off the menu by pointing. Well, the waitress came up. And here they are speaking with tongues, and they continue to speak with tongues. And the waitress looked at me and said, I don't understand what they're saying. I said, well, I don't understand either, and I don't think they understand. And she sure did look puzzled, but I ordered for them, and they continued to eat. The glory of God was there. Now, see, I will remember this service as long as I live. And I trust and pray that, that those people involved in that will also remember that as long as they live. Because sometimes it's that service that that leaves such an impression that will hold you and keep you uh, for days, weeks, hours, you know, for months, years to come. Maybe a lifetime. There are very, very few things that happen to you that change you forever. But there are some things that do that now, how many of you remember a service, one particular service you were in that that something remarkable happened, something that you really needed is any do we have anybody here that'd like to stand up and just tell it now if you if If you want to stand up, just stand up and tell about it i'm I've got plenty of time if you have. Anybody here? Okay, Brother Rich Brown, we want to hear from you. Isn't that something? Sometimes when the power of the Lord comes down and people begin to to dance in the spirit, and by the way, if this is uh, if you're a guest of ours and this is foreign to you, I will assure you that the Pentecostals take their worship not just from the New Testament, but from the Old Testament as well as the New. If you look in the book of Psalms, you will you will find out that, that we have encouragement to worship the Lord with a loud voice, to worship the Lord with different instruments, to worship God in the dance. Uh, we also have references of people who ran in the Spirit when the Spirit came upon them, my brother Rich Brown made mention of this. I remember a guest who ran a local restaurant here in Madison came to one of our services. I came out of my office. the song service was going. I sat I sit in the very back of the on a pew in, in the back, and this gentleman came in and and, and and everybody was already worshiping and a couple of people were dancing in the spirit, and he looked so afraid. So I just kind of scooted over by him and began to talk with him and uh, kind of, you know, let him know that we are normal people. <laughs> so I began to talk to this man, and so I asked him, I said, did someone invite you? He said, oh yes, George O'Neill. And he was looking around but he said, I can't find him. And all of a sudden, Brother O'Neill ran right in front of us, running around, the, worshiping the Lord, had his hands up, glorifying God, and when... When Brother O'Neill passed this man, whose name was Mark, Mark looked at him and she said, There he goes, right there. (laughs) If you notice in Psalm 27 and Psalm 63, there are two words, actually three words that are used. One is tabernacle. We're pretty much familiar with that because of our association with the tabernacle in the wilderness. The word sanctuary appears. The word sanctuary means a refuge or a place of safety. Now, church auditoriums are are sometimes called sanctuaries. And then, of course, we find the word pavilion. Pavilion, rather, pavilion, is a simple structure, serves as a shelter, usually something that's pretty open uh but those two those two words are used now what i 'd like to do i 'd like to just talk about the value of a church service I, I think that uh, that sometimes we underestimate uh, what church services do most people are most people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in church services. Uh, more people are healed in a church service than any other place. Uh, I think that this uh, uh there is a reason. Now, the word church and going to church and such kind of became a, a dirty word and a dirty term back in, in the late 70s and early 80s when people just kind of wanted to do their own thing with God. But uh, <clears throat> when we do our own thing with God, we must understand that it must fit in the structure uh, of uh, Scripture. And certainly... God has always desired a place in which uh, people dwell. Now, in the Old Testament, the Jewish uh, nation worshiped God in first in the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then later in in Jerusalem, in, in the temple. Jerusalem was a city that David captured from the Jebusites. Uh, it appears that uh, God wanted to be in the heart of His people. When we say the heart, we're talking about... A, a geographical location, uh, pretty much equal distance from uh, north and south. Of course, east and west was not a big, big situation uh, with God, it appears, because uh, it did not entail a whole lot of travel because the country is long and narrow, narrow. Now, we find that that God picked this city out, and then, of course, the temple was built, and people came, and uh, they worshipped God there uh this uh took place for years uh we know that later on because of the destruction of the temple and the people being scattered abroad that that temple worship was uh was uh abandoned or maybe I should say prohibited because uh they did not have uh, the, the temple uh later on after going through Assyrian captivity Judah with two tribes going into Babylonian captivity, and the people then being reunited uh, together, and then serving with the Medes or under the Medes and the Persians, and then the the Grecians, and finally, I guess it was during the uh, uh, the the Medio Persian uh, Empire that that we find that uh, uh, Zerubbabel, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah made. Expeditions back, and of course we see the temple going back up, and here they they went and worshipped the lord uh, it was It was not that God had to meet with them in a the temple that was that was not it at all, even though he did do that and promised that he would do it, uh, it the, the temple and, and i I would like to say i I think that that is somewhat comparable to to uh what we're doing here. It was, a, it was a place in which people could get together, and they could fellowship with one another, they could love one another, they could build up one another, they could encourage one another. And then, of course, there was a work of the Holy Spirit uh, that was being done among them, and God manifested Himself in such a way that when they left, there was a remarkable uh, impression that uh, was made on these people, and this impression seemed to be a keeping power or a source of strength uh, for them until they could come back together again. Now, <clears throat> I made the statement that, that uh, we gather here, and these church services are extremely important. I also talked about the sanctuary and, of course, the pavilion the sanctuary, a place of refuge. You know, it's nice to know that you, that you can come in here and just shut out the world. I mean, everything is, it's just shut out. Quite often a service leader will, will ask you, could you just cast your cares upon the Lord? You know, you'll see some person that, that maybe comes in and because life has dealt them kind of a low blow during the week or, uh, maybe twisted their arm a little bit or, or maybe someone bent their ear uh, to too much this, that, and the other, uh, you will find that, that when they come in, it's hard for them to separate themselves from from the world that they came out of. So the service leader trying to prepare the hearts of people to accept what God has for them will encourage the person, forget about your cares, forget about everything that's out there. I mean if you owe the IRS when the service is over the IRS will be waiting but let's go ahead when you're when you when you're when you're here in the house of God let's just forget about all of that you know if if you've got problems with a neighbor uh when you get uh, away from here then that problem may or may not kick back up but let's while we're here in the house of God uh let's let this be a refuge just uh a place of peace, a a paradise. Uh, You'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden you'll see this wildlife refuge. And sometimes they're called sanctuaries. And you see all of these geese flying in. If you go over on, what's that, Highway 33 out of Beaver Dam? Or is that Walpon toward uh, Beaver Dam, I guess it is. Anyways, one of those cities... I'm making reference to the Horicon Marsh area. You go in there, and they have this huge sanctuary, refuge. And back during uh, the time in which my children were growing up, my boys they they liked to hunt. So I I'd, I'd spend uh, uh, the money to get a uh, a tag. You had to have a permit, I guess you call it a permit for a, a, a goose and I'd go buy the shells, and we'd go rent a blind. And I'm going to tell you, those geese knew the boundaries. They knew. And it, it is amazing to me. They'd go, and, and they'd just light right over the fence. You get all these posted signs, no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted, and so forth and so on. And they knew. And they wouldn't. they wouldn't light out in the fields around there close by where the hunters were. They had a very, very watchful and sharp eye. Well, the DNR says if we don't provide uh, a sanctuary, a refuge like this for our wildlife, make a uh, a habitat for them when they're traveling through or whatever, that uh, man, because of his greediness and his desire uh, to kill these animals, that uh, they will become extinct. So... They have provided this refuge. Now, it appears that in the spirit world, this is exactly what God has done. He's, here's a sanctuary, you know. And uh, the devil <clears throat> could, if uh, you would allow him, he could get into this place. You could actually bring him here. Uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, I think the devil's a little bit afraid to come into this place. Really, I, I just got to tell you. You know, I've heard people say, "Well, the devil shows up at all services." Well, I don't believe that. <clears throat> now, I believe he can show up at some services. You know, uh, I've asked had people to ask this question. Said, uh, "How come that the very moment that people start singing, uh, they're, they're, the, the power of God just seems to fall and things begin to blossom, and there seems to be no warm up." At Calvary Gospel Church. I said, I'll tell you the reason why. It's because when people come in here, they're warmed up already. I mean, they're on the playing field. They're ready to go right now. And that just simply means the reason why Jesus is here is because they brought Him here. Now, that doesn't mean He wasn't here already. You know, God is God, isn't He? And it's amazing, you know, that that God can move from one location to another and not leave where He was. I find I, I can find scripture for that in the Old Testament. Uh, that that's that, that's an amazing thing because he's 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 omnipresent. He's everywhere, but it's like the wind. The wind. The, the definition of wind is air in motion. It just simply means that when when the air is in motion and it's moving, it it there seems to be more air than there is when it's well. there's not really more air. It's just in motion. It's moving. And 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 so God can move and yet not leave from where He was because He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So we bring Him to the house of God. And when we bring Him, He's in motion coming out of our lives. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of His innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Thus spake He of the Spirit that they should believe on Him. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's John seven thirty seven and thir- through thirty nine, but uh, you will find that uh, uh, for the most part now, when people come into the house of God, for the most part, I, I think the the devil is, I I think he's a little bit uh, afraid to come in here. You know, he might just get a just a swift kick right in the seat of his pants. You know, we I mean we come in here. And we drop everything. The Scripture encourages us to to gird up the low ends of our mind, to bring every thought into captivity. Thursday night, we had our shortest service ever here at Calvary Gospel Church. And I preached, uh, I wouldn't say the shortest message ever. One time I got sick and couldn't go very long, but it wasn't very long. But we, we talked about uh, uh, Thanksgiving, the principal ingredient for prayer and praise. As the psalmist said, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I will enter into His courts with praise. And the principal ingredient of worship, if you come to worship God, you should walk into these doors giving thanks unto the Lord. I love you, God. I worship you. I thank you, God. I praise you. Now, the size of the church service is not too important. When I say the size of the church service, I've seen a lot of services literally killed because the service leader would keep uh, making references about, Oh, there's only a few people here. I wonder where everybody is. You know? And, and so references made so much to the size that people kind of, they, they locked themselves psychologically into thinking that, Well, we'll wait for that big blast, that big boom when everybody comes the house of God. You don't have to wait. Jesus told us, if there be two or three gathered together in my name, he said, I will be in your midst. So two or three people gathering together. The Bible says, if two or three agree, touching any one thing, it shall be done. And that just simply means that. That, that, that there is power in, in corporate witnessing. There's power in corporate prayer. There's power in corporate praise. So here we are in the house of God. Now we have more than two or three people here, but if we only had two or three, I don't want to use the word so what. But I will say this, if you only have two or three, it does not prohibit God from moving. That God can move and God can touch. Before Sister Grant and I came to Calvary Gospel Church, we started three churches. And I know what it's like to go and preach, and I've got my wife and three small children. And there they are, and this is it. We had no visitors today, we don't have any church members except us. So I take the offering, I lead the song service, and I do it all. And I know what that's like. But I also know, I I can stand here to tell you that God has met with me in a powerful way, in a wonderful way. But you have to keep in mind, see, the sanctuary. You, You have to... You know, for a person to be productive, and I, I, I go over this with the, with with our staff, and I, I've gone over this so many times with people, with, especially with preachers. Brother Rich Thomas is—he's meeting our board Tuesday morning at ten o'clock for license. You need to pray for Rich. It's kind of a, a nervous thing, you know. I, I know Rich can can handle this. Don't ha- I? Don't have any any question about it. But 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 you know, I have instructed so many preachers. You need to build fences around some of your time because you need to you need to block out the world and you have to get alone and you have to seek God and and, and, and and this is necessary. Now, it is also necessary that we kind of build a fence, so to speak, around ourselves collectively. So that when we get together, you know, we're not we don't this is no place for planning fishing trips or bridal showers or baby showers and Oh, I meant reference may be made to that and maybe after everything's over somebody might plan a fishing trip or something. I'm not, I'm not condemning that, but I'm saying that our primary purpose for being here is is just to build a fence around us and and block the world out and the devil out. See? I'm sure the devil, the devil's probably like Pastor Grant sitting frozen to death in one of those Goose blinds, saying, boy, they sure know the boundaries. I'm sure the devil is saying, boy, these people, they know the boundaries. They get in trouble, they run to church. Now, I'm not going to say that you don't encounter the Lord, uh, encounter the devil rather out there and win uh, over him. I'm not saying that, that what you do in your home is pr- as far as private devotions are concerned that these are less important than this, I'm just stressing the importance of this this church service we're in. Right here, right now. God can do something for you today that uh, maybe He's never done before. Praise God. How many of you receive the Holy Ghost in a church service? Let me see your hands. All right, look at all the hands. Now, how many of you didn't? Let me see your hands. All right. All right, we have a good number of people. Now, God's not restricted, see, just to the church service. But you will notice that more people do receive the Holy Ghost in a church service. How many of you have been healed in a church service? Let me see your hand. All right. Good number of hands. How many of you have been healed not in a church service? All right. We're probably about 50-50 on this one. And you may say, why? Because most sick people require someone to come and pray for them. And usually they're prayed for outside of a church service. But usually, the faith that's manifested for the person comes as a result of people getting together and building up one another and encouraging one another in a church service. And and I've told some struggling souls before, I've talked with people who were struggling with God. I said if you can if you can discipline yourself, I mean make yourself come to the sanctuary, to the pavilion, to the shelter. Make yourself come. That if you can discipline yourself to come, I'll guarantee you when you come, if you if you're able to shut out the world and shut out everything, You'll receive strength. It may or may not come from Pastor Grant or whoever's preaching. It may come from some song that somebody's singing. It may it may come from the choir that's ministering. It, it may come from some someone that just turns around and smiles and shakes your hand and tells you, You've been on my mind this week, and I've been praying for you. And, and I trust and pray that, that somehow everything works out. And if I can ever be of any assistance, please take the liberty to call on me. And when you have that kind of support and it's it's manifested, you can leave the house of God refreshed with new hope, with new life. Now, we can't live inside of this. We can't live here. That was not God's plan. But it is a place for us to get together and just shut out of everything. And it's a place for us to experience things that we would not normally experience. Why? Because we're all together. We're all together. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 23 talks about the exercising of spiritual gifts. And you will find that Paul is talking about this. He says, If therefore the whole church be come together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say they are all mad? Now, what he's talking about, He's talking about everybody using the same spiritual gift. And what he's saying is that that uh, we should excel to use our different gifts when we come together. Why? Because the body ministers to itself. Now, body ministry is is a very important part and function of the church. And so we get here in the house of God, from from the greeters at the door, the ushers in the back, the man in the sound booth, the lady playing the organ, uh, the the gentleman playing the drums, the guitars, uh, the the piano player, the, the those that are playing the the brass instruments, whatever, the the, the projector, whatever it's being done it's extremely important but why because you do it for the body so you you do it for the body and then of course you will find in 1 Corinthians 14:26 how is it then brethren when you all come together every one of you hath a song hath a doctrine hath a tongue hath a revelation hath an interpretation let all things be done unto edifying Now I, I talked about goose hunting. This is hunting season. We're having, uh, you know, the deer hunting season is is in full swing right now. And probably there's a lot of people not in church because of that. But uh, <clears throat> I do know of a few geese that that I personally put a few steel shot in. You have to shoot steel shot now. First it was lead, and now uh, steel shot that just made it to the sanctuary. And, you know, there's a whole lot of wounded people that fly in here. They make it here. We can minister to one another. Healing can take place here. Emotional healing. Do you understand that the word edifying really means to build up one another? That's what it means. I tell our church leaders every now and then we'll have a staff member that'll that'll come' a little grumpy you know just you ever do that? you ever go to work grumpy you know after Wednesday that's the third Monday of the week, you know, so you know. You know what I do? I tell I tell our staff people if I see them grumpy, we have some that that are here that uh, I've talked with, and I just go and look. You know we are in the edifying business. When children come to our school, or when people come in here, regardless of why they come, why are we here? We're here to build up each other. You know. I found this out. You can be sick and not be a grump. You can be sick and not be a grouch. You know that? Now, you can be sick and be a grouch. But I'm saying you can be sick and not be a grouch. And it's just so good that when you come in here, that you you understand that your primary reason for coming is to edify, to build up. Now, when we talk about body ministry, we're talking about... You can go by if you want to man. I think that's very noble of her to sit there but <laughs> but but you know you 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 can you you must understand when we talk about body ministry that that what Paul is saying that everybody here everybody here should serve as a physician so to speak I mean everybody here now Paul talked about people who should be teachers, but they have need of being taught. And and I know that that every one of us, including myself, will have a time in which we come to the house of God, and and, and we're just not capable of ministering. We're wounded. We're hurting, maybe a physical sickness, or maybe some emotional, mental stress or strain or whatever. But for the most part. Every person here should come expecting to use that ability. See, the word gift in 1 Corinthians 14 is taken from an entirely different word where we find the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost, that means the present. Recently I had a birthday, and the church gave me a present, a gift. Now, it didn't cost me anything. There was no strings attached. I didn't have to work for it. Just, it's mine. It's a present. But, <clears throat> with that present, which is the Holy Ghost, we find that God gives, because that is not the gift from God, is the gift of God. It's God to us. That there's supernatural Talents or abilities or endowment. I'm amazed. I can't, you know, I tried to play the guitar. I don't, I could, my brain and fingers, I, I never could, I, I just couldn't. And and then, I, my, my wife, I, I'm amazed. You know, she just takes her fingers and she just talks and, you know, just playing. I said, how do you do that? But, but you see, everybody has a different talent. There are times in which, truthfully, uh, I've always been pretty good in math. Now, it's been a long time since I have done, uh, you know, trigonometry or some uh, uh, algebra even now. I, I haven't done it in such a long time. But, you know, I can add figures without even thinking. I just catch myself just... And, and then I'll think about I'll think, is that the right answer? And, and whenever I, I think about it, yes, it is the right answer, but I, I wonder how I came up with the right answer without thinking. Well, obviously, I was thinking. But uh, basically what I'm saying is that when we come together, we have spiritual gifts too. Did you know that God has given some of you just the, uh, uh, a charming personality just to be able to, to smile real big? Really, I think so often of, of my wife. I, I I just my wife is a person that seems to stay out of trouble all the time. You know, she's always talking to people and, and such, and uh, but she has no enemies, and uh, everybody seems to get on her side, including myself. I remember one day I thought I'd trick Carolyn Thorpe. Now, Carolyn's not here this morning. I think they're out of town, but I remember one time I, I thought I'm going to trick her because she's always on Sister Grant's side. So something came up, and so I, I started telling her. I said, Now, let me, let me just, let me tell you this story. So I, I started putting a, a, a story together. Now, this was just a joke, you know, but so I put this scenario together, not a true story. And, and Carolyn, boy, she got this deep, wrinkled brow. She said, what? Who did that? I said, what are you think? Oh, that's terrible. Who? I said, well, Sister Grant. And all of a sudden, she lifted her eyebrows. She said, why not tell me what's wrong with that? <laughs> I said, Carolyn, she said, Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, you know, charity, the Bible says charity covers a multitude of sins. And if you like somebody, guess what? You overlook all their faults and failures. And God has given some people the ability to just look over all the flaws and everything. And regardless of what the person's done, they just love and love and love and smile and smile and smile and spread goodwill and spread peace. Other people, however, are very concerned. You know. You know. They think the Lord has sent them to be the chief prosecutor, not the chief witness. <clears throat> you know, They're always looking for things. Now, I'm going to really shock your socks off right now, but I think it's real good that the church has people that really watch things. You may say, why? Because it brings about balance. Listen, there are certain things that are important and certain things that should be important and certain things that cannot be overlooked. And while somebody may... When you, with her big smile, somebody else may prick you in your heart by just asking a question about maybe some behavior that's not quite right. Do we need both? Sure we do. Oh, yeah, we do. We need somebody to challenge us. We need somebody to question things. You know? Then somebody can get up and sing a song, Sister Sharon, you sung so beautifully this morning. Sharon's personality and everything just comes through her singing. You know, I think you could come in here and be so frustrated. You feel like a yo-yo on a string. And she could sing, and you just kind of simmer down. Doug. When you get all upset, just have her sing for you, okay? She'll settle you down. <laughs> she was singing last night. Such a, such a charming personality, and just, just sing. And then the preacher gets up. What a contrast! The preacher gets up and tries his best to encourage people, but see, all this has to be. Not to destroy, but to build up. Edifying. Now, what about these prayer meetings? Oh, the prayer meetings we've had. We pray in service, but we have a monthly revival prayer meeting. It's really amazing. It was in a monthly revival prayer meeting in which Sister Grant and I bound together. We held hands and prayed, and and her brother Charlie that we had not seen in probably a year or so, We said, now, we bind together. We don't know where Charlie is. We don't know what he thinks of us anymore. But we send out angels right now with flaming swords. And we're commanding right now that Charlie be touched in his heart. Whatever he's doing, God, wake him up! We want to see him saved. We love this man, and we want to see him saved. Now, little did we know when we prayed, that Charlie was checking himself into the hospital. And now that was on Saturday. Would you believe that the following Monday, Charlie called Sister Grant. said, Sis, I'm in the hospital here in Stoughton. He said, I've just made a mess of myself. And he began to confess to her And he began to pray. Well, he got out of the hospital. I'm not for sure what day that was, but he got out of the hospital, came to our house. The following Sunday morning, he was here in the house of God. He came down to the altar, and God refilled him with the Holy Ghost. Seriously. Seriously. Charlie had long hair and a long beard, and he was unkept. I told him, I said, Charlie, God had to wade through a weed patch to find you. Brother <laughs> well, Cisco saw his picture with all that. He held it up and he said, must be Charlie. Looks just like you. Charlie said, now what about this picture? <laughs> it looks like me. He says, well, your nose holes. <laughs> That's what he said. He didn't say nostrils. Your nose holes looks the same. <laughs> you have to know Brother Sisko, yeah. <laughs> your nostrils look the same. All right. Wasn't it in the Bible in Acts 17 in which they were praying for Peter? And he was, I mean, he was locked up four quadrants deep. I mean, he was inside the inside of the inside of the inside. It's like one of these gag gifts, you know, you open a big box and there's a smaller one. And you open that one, there's a smaller one. You open that and there's a smaller one. And in the tiniest little box inside, there was Peter. Now, there's not a chance he's going to get out of that. How can he get out of there? Not only that, he was chained. You know that? They chained him. And they drilled a hole all the way through the earth and dropped the chain through. And on the bottom side, they tied a knot. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that way. <laughs> but I mean, he was in there. <laughs> He's going no place. But you know what happened? The Bible says an angel of God came. Of the name of Rhoda went out there and and she came back in and said, Peter's out there knocking on the door. (laughs) I mean, God can do some things that are just almost too good to be true, you know. And I know I've, I've heard people say, well, it must have been Peter's faith. It certainly wasn't their faith. Well, I'm not for sure it was Peter's faith any more than theirs and the reason why. is because when Peter was walking out, the Bible says he was questioning what was going on. He said, is this a vision? And when he was just as amazed, he was getting out as they were amazed that he was out. But why all this? Because you can never underestimate the power of one prayer meeting, one church service, where the Holy Ghost, among us, heals us, ministers to us, edifies us, picks us up, encourages us. Amen. Hallelujah. And you may say, well, can't God do that alone? Oh, yes, 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 you can. Let me just read a Scripture. Psalm 34. <clears throat> Psalm 34, verse 3. Let's read 1, 2, and 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Notice the word together. All right. Now then, in chapter 35, chapter 35, verse... 27. Let them shout with joy and be glad that favor my righteousness, my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, The Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And then we go to Psalm 69, and we want to read verse 30. Psalm 69, verse 30. I'm in chapter 68, but I will get there. All right? <clears throat> I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Now, what word do you find in all these? The word magnify. Now, <clears throat> do you know what magnify means? It means to make bigger. Now, <clears throat> As I said, we're in the hunting season. If you're here and you're not a hunter, uh, I'm, not do- I'm certainly not doing this to try to provoke you, but it's- the reality is that there's 550,000 hunters in Wisconsin right now. We cannot escape the reality. I mean, if they're here. I'm not saying they're here to stay, but I'm saying they're here. All right. But if you go down to the local sports shop and you pick up a scope to put on your rifle, you can get a variable scope, three by nine. A lot of people use a four power, especially in shotgun areas, they use a four power. Now, when you see the, the word power on that, that means at a certain distance, things are magnified to be exactly the way you see them at, I think, two feet or whatever it is. That's what it is. And so you can get you can even get a telescope you know that that gets up into two hundred and two hundred or even five hundred power Well have you ever gone out just with a pair of binoculars and and uh, looked at the moon it, It's amazing, isn't it now you know the moon's not made out of cheese <clears throat> now I, I i know that it isn't uh, I got Bible for that you may say. Why? How do you know? Because the moon was made on the fourth day. And the cow was not made until the fifth. So I know that the moon is not made out of cheese. <clears throat> Had to put these little tidbits in here so when you leave you'll be smarter, you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> it is amazing. Now, you don't make the moon any bigger than what it is. It stays just like it is. You say... Oh, I, I'm, I'm enlarging things. You, you don't enlarge things. The only way you can enlarge something is feed it. Make it get, <laughs> make it get bigger. <laughs> I mean, you can, How can you enlarge something? No, you magnify. You enlarge the image. You can't make God bigger than what God is. You can only enlarge the image so that people that normally could not see Him are able to see Him. And this is what worship does. When the Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord! One person is one power. Two people are two power. Three people are three power. 150 people are 150 power. So we make God not bigger than what God is, but we make Him visible. And this is the reason why you will find that in very large gatherings like Ethiopia, where 550,000 people attended for Billy Cole's last crusade, and 78,000 people in one service received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, possibly the most people that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost ever, in any decade, in any location, at one time. Why? Because you had 550,000 people coming with one thing in mind. And that is, we want God to move. And we'll do everything we can to get God to move. And there's going to be close to 100,000 people here, one out of every five that don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we want to make God as visible as we can. We want people to see His true power and His glory. This is the reason why that you find in the New Testament. When, when the Apostle Paul and and, and, and not Paul, but Peter and James and John, they were locked up in prison for preaching. And when they were locked up in prison for preaching, did you know that they did not pray one prayer, at least it's not recorded, that they prayed one prayer for themselves? You know what they, they prayed? And now, oh God, stretch forth your hand to declare your wonderful power among your people. In other words, let the people see, let the people know, and if there is a deliverance from this prison, let it magnify you, O oh God, so that people know that you are the Supreme God, the one that reigns and rules in the heavens above. Let the world see him. And Jesus said, "If I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men." I will draw all men unto Myself. Praise God. i want you to stand with me at this time. We want to lift our hands and magnify God. The power of one church service. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. I love You, Jesus. I worship You, God. I praise You. Oh, God, You are so very good. Lord, You are so very wonderful, God. You are so very true. Jesus, 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 Lord, we love You. We worship You. We praise You. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We received a phone call late last night concerning Sister Brown's brother in the accident there in Florida. And Sister Brown came here to the house of God, and all of you gathered around her. I'll tell you, these are very, very important, precious moments. Now, physically, I don't know anything about her shape. I just know her brother and that he is in the trauma center there. But, you know, people have pains that go deeper sometimes than physical pains. And when these things happen, you know, they're, 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 they're things that take place inside the heart and inside the mind. And and not only that, but I'm sure that Sister Brown understands the extreme importance of having faith for him. I I it was my understanding that he is not saved. Is that right, Sister Brown? So you see the importance of of a church service like this. You see the importance of helping her because she she must believe God for His salvation and for His healing. These are very, very valuable moments. For you to sit through a church service with nothing to do but just stare at the ceiling. What a waste of time. It would be like going over to Mountain Jack's ordering the best meal that you could get and just sitting there and looking at the ceiling tile while everybody's eating. The waitress comes by and says, is there something wrong, sir? No, no, it's, it's not, everything's okay. Well, you're not eating. Well, I know, I just, I don't know. Just kind of in a different mood, you know. Would you like a doggy bag to take this with you? No, just send it back to the kitchen and dump it. You get the point? You know what I'm saying? There are so many wonderful and precious gifts available for you today. And as our praise singers sing, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're hurting, if you need prayer for your body, if you're sick, if you're unsaved, whatever, come down to the front and just stand. We have a good number of ministers and elders here. And we want them to start ministering and praying for you. Oh, the value of one church service. Come on right now. Come on as our praise singers sing. Here's my cup, Lord.
1: I lift it
0: up.